disclaimer, if you are any of our campers, we apologize that you have to listen to us speak again, but you chose to listen. Yeah, this is your So fault. have fun. Sifi. <laughs> how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Happy New Year. Happy. Oh, my God. Happy New Year. It's Happy been a whirlwind of a new year and it's only been what? nine days yeah 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 thank god we're not like a news podcast oh my god we'd have so well we'd have so much to talk about if we were a news podcast too much you're probably tuning in to distract yourself from what's going on in the and that's what we're here for (laughs) um yeah it has been a crazy week plus but i'm really glad to be here and to see your face on my computer And to go about what we do, do yeah. what we do best. Talk <laughs> yeah. about ourselves. About <laughs> ourselves. Um, yeah. Mm, hand over the Pulitzer. We're ready for it. Yeah. Um, is that? Do they do they give Pulitzer prizes for podcasts? That's like I don't know. Isn't Pulitzer prizes for like writing and journalism and stuff? That I don't know. You confuse Maybe? me for someone who is informed about the world. Oh. Oh, I see. My bad. <laughs> Sorry. My bad. That's okay. What what are we talking about today? What are we looking at today? Well, we got so many great responses to our last podcast about gender. And I think we have a lot of other things we wanted to talk about this conversation. This could be a whole podcast in and of itself. But I think we had so much that we wanted to say about gender at camp and how that plays out and so we wanted to do another one yeah we got Sophie and I have just had a lot of thoughts about our conversation about gender and gender expression at camp and we heard from listeners that you guys wanted more yeah which was awesome thank you for amazing interacting with us we love it yeah we love it thank you um so this is kind of a two-part episode of it is a part two it's a part two of a gender episode and there's two parts to the part two it's like super meta um i don't really know what meta means but i think that was the appropriate application of it if it wasn't let me know and i'll apologize in the next video or next (laughs) podcast whatever so there's two parts to this second part (laughs) two parts to the second part thank you that's really what i was trying to get at um (laughs) The whole time. Yeah, I got it. This first part is actually very special. Um, We have a guest. We have a special guest. Our first ever special guest on this podcast is very exciting to uh, record with him. And I think we felt that we needed to have a male perspective a little bit on the podcast. And especially when talking about gender, there's only we only know one side of it. And there are many different sides. and, you know, we all can only speak from our personal experience, but I think we really wanted to have someone who, you know, doesn't live in the same place that we do at camp and and has had lots of different experiences. So it was really lovely to get to chat with him. And he did tell a very fun story at the end there. So I'm excited for everyone to hear that as well. Um, and then our second part, um, Sophie and I are just going to expand a little bit on some topics and things we've been thinking about and dive a bit deeper into the conversation that we had a couple weeks ago um so you'll get a little bit of this and a little bit of that and up first drum roll please our interview with our special guest 
So we have a special guest today, and I would love if he would introduce himself. So Sam, go ahead. Tell us a little bit about yourself, camp experience, which adult were you a counselor for? Yeah, thank you, Sophie and Adina, for having me. Um, I was at camp for, I don't know, a ton of years, 14 years. Someone will have to do the math on that one. Uh, but yeah, I was, I went Gesher um, through Mahon. So I did the whole, all the age groups that you could do as a camper. And then on staff, um, I started in the younger age groups in, in Nitsanim uh, and did Kibray and Solulim and Kokovim and Mahon a couple of times. Um, so really kind of spanned all of the, all of the age groups. That's great. One of the things that we, that Adina and I have spoken about a lot is sort of like when we were campers, the people, the counselors we looked up to, to as role models and people we like either thought we had to mimic to be good counselors or people we wanted to be like to be good counselors. Did you have any role models when you were a camper that you looked up to either that were positive or negative of like, this is who I want to be? For sure. And my, my age group actually had the good fortune uh, of having many of the same counselors follow us for many years, hmm. uh, basically a dot shalom through Mahon. And so that gave us a really a long time of bonding with a lot of those counselors. Uh, and so I had many that I became close with and looked up to throughout uh, my time. Yeah, that's great. I, I follow the same kids for five years. So it's definitely as a counselor. Yeah, so we had people I, like you. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's the best. Um, can, you, can you speak a little bit to some of those specific qualities that you remember being really impactful um, that were exhibited by any counselor um, that you had that you feel then shaped you when you took on that kind of role? a really big question we may have to break that down a little bit more because I don't think I've ever done that much introspection in one sitting but um, I I think that and I have two counselors in my head when I'm talking about this in particular Um, one who I had the pleasure of working with later on and one who I didn't but as a camper seeing them just always being able to like be in the moment, whatever that was, whether it was like just being really uh, engaged with the activity that was going on or just like always being able to talk to whatever was going on. Like they always seemed knowledgeable uh, no matter what was going on. And honestly, looking back at it and being a counselor, they probably made up half the stuff they told me. (laughs) But the fact that they were so confident in what they were saying, um, really put me at both at like ease, but also at like, wow, you're, you're amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure that they were lying. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Were there, were there any, I mean, like either in, in the moment or looking back on it, were there any counselors who sort of, you know, exhibited masculinity in a way that might've been negative um, or like maybe, I don't know, like talking about, uh, female counselors in an inappropriate way that's like the first uh, I don't know if that happened but like were there any instances where you saw like your counselor sort of acting on masculinity and like not the best way almost all of them and 
I think one of the reasons for that is because at the time, I wouldn't even think, I wouldn't have thought of what is male masculinity, what is, you know, all, we didn't talk about this kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and so it wasn't front of mind. And so only in hindsight, can I tell that that's a lot of what went on. Um, there's, at the time, we didn't really think anything of it, um, especially with like some of the like tent activities and stuff that went on. I didn't really think anything of it. I was just like, this is camp. This is cool. We're all doing this together. My counselors are awesome. Uh, so I was one of those little naive kids who didn't know any better. What kinds of 10 activities did you guys do? Uh, so there's there's two that I really can think of following our, our trope that we were just talking about um, <laughs> that were just like so masculine. It hurts looking back at it. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> I will start with the one that actually physically hurt. Or right, there's that. Well, yeah. Well, okay. So physically hurt. Oh my god. There's there's actually a couple. Um, I, I don't know if hurt. A couple. Like, uh, one oh was we thought it was the coolest thing ever. We were, I was in a Dodge Lomer Solim, right? So we were the younger people, but in the tents, um, and it was one of our first Saturday night activities, I think. It was definitely a Saturday. It was definitely a night activity. Um, and we did ice wrestling on the baseball field. And so for everyone looking for what is that? Well, you put a tarp down and you fill up trash cans full of ice from the back of the kitchen and you oh pour the ice onto the tarps and then you all stand around it and have wrestling matches. And it was really freaking cold. <laughs> That's terrible. Oh my God um yeah so that was one uh and then the other uh was we had a fake uh initiation night uh in which we did many of what I would later find out were basically just modified pledge hazing activities mm, um sure, on the sure. soccer field so we had like um man am I, I wish my memory was a bit better to to take out multiple but there were a lot of physical activities we had to do. And then there was at one point where there was um, a milk jug. Um, and oh, uh, one of my very good friends decided that he was the most macho and could chug the most milk. And he ended up puking it all up. Also on the soccer field. So that was, that was a good time. Um, Ew. And, uh, <laughs> That's it. That's all we have to say. Ew. There's one more I do want to touch on that wasn't necessarily physically, that wasn't like physically masculine, but was more psychologically masculine. Um, and that was teaching us how to take off a bra. Uh, and that was in a Dot Shalom or Sololim, one of those age groups. And one of, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was, it was in there, maybe Sophie. Um, and one of the male counselors borrowed multiple different types of bras from a female staff member. Um, and we basically, we put it on our thigh and practice taking it off. And they teach you <laughs> the different finger combinations of how to take off the different clasps. Um, yeah, so that was, that was definitely something that would not happen today. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. 
Can you imagine? And I'm like, for, for everyone who can't see me on video, uh, my cheeks are like continuously <laughs> smiling because I am just so embarrassed recounting all of this that like, I can't stop. <laughs> That's, can you imagine, can you imagine someone, a guy counselor coming up to you and being like, can I like, can I have some of your bras to show my campers how to take them, <laughs> take them off? Not, not in today's <laughs> world. Uh, I mean, Absolutely not. That's insane. I, I'm thinking about that that tent activity or harga or whatever it was of unhooking the bras. I'm like thinking of the poor closeted gay kid who might not have to run into that issue, but because his counselors are like, well, you have to know this. Like what that must do to a psyche of somebody like that I or mean, even or even just a kid who's like not ready for that like if you're yeah. not ready you're not ready i yeah. that yeah i feel like it probably puts people in an uncomfortable position but i don't know if anyone would ever mention that no i don't know yeah it's- yeah and i mean it definitely at the time I, I don't recall it ever being like you know everyone must everyone must participate and stuff like that but the expected the social expectation is there right like why would you why would you be like actually i feel uncomfortable with this activity so i'm yeah and i and i know people and i and my memory is so bad that i don't remember if they were in my tent that year or not when that activity took place but like i know people in my age group who have since come out of the closet so definitely activities like that would have been less than ideal i'm sure for them so speaking of social pressures um, Sophie and I talked a lot about Shabbos clothing and what we wore on Shabbat at camp um, in our last episode um, about gender and gender identity. Did you ever feel that you had, a, there was a pressure on you or just kind of like on the men at camp to dress a certain way on Shabbat or to wear specific things? No, so for me, um, I have more of an issue with Shabbos clothing, not necessarily from a social, well, maybe it is. I'll talk about it. We can dissect my, my psyche <laughs> afterwards. But I was always told that Shabbos clothing was for us males uh, to be long pants and a nice dress shirt. And so I had never... I didn't think about really any other, you know, well, what if a guy wanted to wear a dress situation? Because I, I one, I, I never saw that come up. And two, I wasn't thinking about it. But what really bugged me about Shabbos where it was when the guys, not because they were trying to make any other statement besides whatever statement they were trying to make, would wear either jeans or shorts to, to Shabbos services and, and on Friday nights. And it would drive me insane. Um, because the Roshim, the, the Yoetzot would always say it was long pants, long pants, what you have to wear. So I would suffer wear through wearing long pants. And even though it was 110 degrees, some <laughs> Fridays, um, and they would throw on shorts and I would just be like, I don't know. I found that to be like a little almost disrespectful and I'm a huge rule follower. So to me, it was just like very annoying, but besides the fact that the the rules stated long pants and a collared shirt and 
every week guys would not do that. And sometimes I know it was so that they would have to go back to their tent and that they would miss part of services. Mm-hmm. Um, besides doing stuff like that, like it was just like really annoying. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting. That is interesting because I think Sophie and I have both experienced the campers who, I, I mean, boys and girls who don't wear a shoulder covering as an excuse to go back to their bunk tent, hover on whatever to get. Kids are smart. Kids are really keepa. smart. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Oh, keepa. Gosh, that is that is a, a, a male identifying person's bread and butter right there. Oh, I forgot <laughs> it. Can't can't start learning at this point. Can't go into Mincha. I guess I'm gonna have to go back and take 20 minutes to walk across camp to get a keepa. I know it only takes five, but I'll take 20. That is a long way. Yeah, yeah. the long, I'll go. I'll walk all the way around the road. Stop for water. I want to walk on the times. road. It's safer. It's safer to walk <laughs> on the road. So I'm just. Oh my! It's <laughs> interesting that you bring up the keepa because I don't even think Sophie. I don't think we t- touched on. Like we have, I mean, there's an expectation in Judaism that men should wear some kind of head covering at all times. Some people interpret it when you're learning, when you're praying, but at camp, we ask that boys wear a kippah all the time. And I don't know if that's like a super constricting principle, but I, that is not something we ask of the ladies at camp. Yeah. And not anything I've ever thought of. I also went to Jewish day school during the year. So I was very comfortable just setting it and forgetting it, you know, at the beginning of the day, throwing my kippah and, you know, not taking it off for, because I didn't really have a reason to take it off. I was in an environment that was basically all Jews. um, And I was used to it being on there. And that was also another thing that drove me crazy when kids would, you know, take it off and shove it in their pockets and stuff like that when they knew that they needed to have it on because that was what was being asked of them. So I'm a goody two shoes. But I I think, I think, I think I'm like that too. Of like, if, even if you don't like the rule, just like you're being told, so just do it. (laughs) You know, I don't want to wear a shoulder covering, but that's the rule. So I'm going to just do it. And then I, I wanted, I wanted to wear shorts on Friday nights, but that the rule was wear pants. So I wore pants. Like, Obviously, it'd be more comfortable, but that's not what we're being asked to do. Right. Yeah, I think maybe the three of us are more rule following than than others, for sure. <laughs> That'll be the next follow up episode will be with like a complete troublemaker and we'll ask them <laughs> to dissect their well, their feelings. It would be it would be interesting. And I, I'm, you know, I don't necessarily am in contact with all these people, but to find oh, some of those kids who maybe didn't come back on staff who would put you know, do the things that we're talking about, putting the keep on the pocket or wearing shorts, they'd have to go back and change just to try to understand it more. Cause I don't think, I mean, I to this day don't. So <laughs> would love to hear that side of the story. Yeah. So if you're a troublemaker, call, let us know. <laughs> yeah. If you broke the rules, DM us on Instagram. Cause I certainly didn't at all. <laughs> no, I thought like time leaving I... the tent to like one time I left the tent to like sit on the road right outside my tent. And I was like, I'm going to get in so much trouble. This is sneaking out. Meanwhile, yeah. it's not. <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought I was going to get sent home for missing a fire alarm. That wasn't my fault. I was in a spot where you couldn't hear the fire alarm. Anyways, the whole camp watched me walk onto the baseball field. It's unimportant. <laughs> I don't know if we've talked about it. We might've already talked about it. I don't know. We've talked matter. about it, but I don't we've know if we've recorded it. We can cut it out. It's okay. I think it's so interesting that 
we've gone into this discussion of Kipot and like what's expected on Shabbat and these types of things and the intersectionality of gender expression or like just identity expression, I would say, and our religion and how maybe some of the traditions, how maybe some of the traditions of Judaism play a role in how we express ourselves at camps. One, like we might just have to, we might have to express ourselves a certain way because of the rules, but also like the, the power that it can have to say like, this is what's respectful. This is what's being active, asked of us and how that becomes part of our, our daily routine. Like Sam, you were saying with your kippa, and just some food for thought, food for thought. Who used to say that? Who used to, we, who used to say that? Food for thought, food for thought. Who used it's to like say It's like a that? phrase. Lots of no, things. No, no, no. <laughs> like, no, I know. <laughs> no, I know. But like, like somebody in particular, like that was like, that was a phrase they used a lot. Copper sit, sit. Like, that was know. a phrase they used a lot. <laughs> Whatever. It's unimportant. Uh, we can keep moving. We move on. <laughs> um, Sorry. What? No, I, was, I didn't even know what to respond to what you just said. That's okay. It's, I don't, it's I an don't... interesting point. Yes. It's an interesting point. I don't know if there is anything to say, but I just think it's like something to just to, to think about in your everyday life, the way yeah. that your religion affects you and, and your your clothing and your your thoughts. And I don't know. Good for that. Sam, did you there's so many activities throughout the day at camp um, and activities that as a camper, you can choose which kind of path you want to go, you know, whether that's in sports, if you want to play tennis or soccer or in Hugim for electives, you want to take jewelry or art or photography or nature at a certain point, RIP to Teva. Um, did you, did you ever feel that because you were a boy, a male identifying camper that you had to pick a certain sport or a certain activity throughout the day, as opposed to maybe picking something else that was considered maybe to be a little feminine, um, but that you wanted to do? Well, when it comes to like the, the picked activities of, of, of athletics, I've always very much been into sports. So that was a very natural thing for me to gravitate to. I mean, some years I would do soccer for every sport rotation because I played soccer and so I just wanted to keep you know a touch on the ball and then I'd also cycle through some of the others some other years depending on just what was going on but I really loved <laughs> sports so um, not that much there and then in like some of the more varied um, activities there was definitely I do remember there being a stigma um, around specifically jewelry um, and just like, you know, some of the, when there would always be like a couple guys in jewelry and and maybe they got a little bit more shit on than everyone else. <laughs> um, not that I remember like specifics. I mean, I can think of one kid who I remember a kid. He's my age, obviously now, but at the time he was a kid. So was I. Uh, and him uh, doing jewelry, um, and, you know, people making comments, but he didn't really seem to care, um, or at least didn't show it. 
I always just pick the things that are most interesting to me. Um, when I was a, like, when I was in the youngest age groups, I always tried to get into cooking. Um, for sure, for sure. Me, yeah, me and everyone else, but I actually did get into it. Um, I never got it. You never got cooking? Mm -hmm. Not once? Not once. Oh man. I know. You missed out. I know. <laughs> I know. You'll never know what an experience in a kitchen is like. You didn't have. <laughs> I'll cooking. never be able to cook now. That's never. right. That's Ever. right. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I did. I personally didn't feel pressured to not choose stuff, but I think that's because my interests aligned already with what the stereotype of a male should be so I was probably already brainwashed to not want those things <laughs> but I, I didn't I didn't want them so I did I did go into the art building I did do ceramics one year and I still have I think my dad still has like a Hamsa that I made Aww, um cute yeah so like I definitely did some of the art stuff um but it wasn't usually my first choice yeah. I mean, I wonder how much kids really even like, I don't remember if I really thought about that. I just like had an interest and did it regardless of anything. But I don't know. Yeah. Looking back, it's always interesting. And thinking about like my own campers of like, I wonder, you know, considering yeah. I feel like I know a lot of them really well, like why they chose that activity or like, are they being true to themselves? But that's, that's a good point. If your interests already align with, with what the norm is, then you just do yeah. it yeah I I also was in the musical so you know I'm a very <gasps> I'm a varied person oh, wow. wow such talent should I, just, should I just leave that there um <laughs> yeah yeah so I did art I did the musical I also did sports um the musical was high school musical if anyone was wondering yeah I hate wait really musical. yeah wait wait you look, you look stunned I, I am stunned <laughs> I didn't know I didn't know that it was done before at all before at all or when you did it before yeah. when you finished the sentence <laughs> well i was sorry yeah i didn't know what that, that probably did it like i feel like three, it was hairspray every year <laughs> like three years probably before you did it we did it oh right. awesome. no 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 we did no no Sam, we did we're it. talking about when you were a camper sophie directed yeah. it on staff it was oh oh you weren't years years later no, no i wasn't in it it was a long time later then yeah i'm an old fart <laughs> um yeah i was ryan pretty great that i would love to see a video of that i think there is one somewhere deep on youtube <laughs> oh my gosh i remember being maybe less influenced by what society expected of me than what my friends expected me to pick like if all my friends were doing dance like i would have done dance just to be with my friends um than to like uphold the gender stereotype of ladies doing dance. But that was also, speaking of dance, every year in Edgar Hip Hop, if there was a boy, it was like the biggest deal in the world. Like I remember like they'd have a special solo and they'd like jump out from behind and they'd and be everyone like, would I'm go a crazy. man. Yeah, yeah, and it was like, man, you were like, <laughs> a man doing dance, what? Stop. <laughs> Like, which is so crazy. And like, maybe they just, re like, I had a, a friend who we were Makavia cabins together, like knew each other from outside of camp. And he like went on to dance very seriously. 
like in his in his life and or at least through college I think and like that was a big that was a big and like I don't know if he was in hip-hop or not but like that you know maybe he just really wanted to dance like I don't know if he wanted to make such a big fuss about it or if any kid would want to make such a big fuss about it um, but maybe some kids who do look for that attention would pick Edgar hip-hop to be like be cool sub- <laughs> to be cool to be the subject of attention um but yeah, why was that such a big deal? It's because society tells us men can't dance. Speaking of pressures, even more pressures, um, a very big part of camp culture, unfortunately, as you get older and when you're on staff is hookup culture, um, which is just born and bred kind of in the proximity that you are to other people. I mean, you're living with people 24 seven. This is kind of your only interaction and, and there's, you know, hormones and puberty and lots of things happening. Um, Sam, did you ever feel the pressure to hook up at camp or to hook up like by a certain milestone at camp, like a certain year? There was never in my friend group that I can remember a like, oh, well, you you got to hook up by the end of this age group. If you didn't do by then, like you're falling behind. Like there was never anything um, like that Um, for me and like where I was in life, um, especially in the last two age groups. Like, it was just something that I wanted for myself. Now you can take a step back and be like, well, why did Sam want that for himself? Well, he probably wanted that for himself because society told him it's what he needed. But um, it was something I wanted for myself. I wasn't very successful at it, <laughs> to be clear there. Uh, but it was, uh, it was something that was happening for some people and not for others. And but it was something that I, I wanted um, to happen for me that that didn't. <laughs> um, I mean, it did, but like not not in the ways that I had originally intended. How does that pressure I mean, how does that pressure differ for you as a camper versus on staff? Because at least I, don't, I feel like for me, there was the pressure was there when I was a kid, but also like as an adult person on staff as well. Did you feel that too or no? I don't think I felt exterior pressure. I think I still had a lot of that internal pressure in which I was in a place with people for a long time. And not that I was trying to, like we were in this place for a long time uh, with everyone. And so there's just... I kind of saw it as an opportunity to be able to experience a lot of that side of life that I hadn't really had the opportunity to do so outside of a camp setting and knowing the benefits that come with camp, much like school uh, for some kids where, you know, so-and-so will talk to so-and-so and and like, Oh, do you like so-and-so? And And you have all of like those connections and everyone's always trying to make connections because it's fun um to 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 set people up and so just kind of being able to to take advantage of that situation in order to experience what I hadn't been able to experience and so I consciously went in with the with my own hopes that it would be something that I got to experience 
but I don't feel like there was ever something from camp or from the adults or from the older staff members of that that was like you must do this it was more like huh it could be advantageous to be able to use this environment to help me grow um in this area interesting interesting yeah. take. i kind of I, re- I really i relate to that of like this is the opportunity i might as well try to take it exactly um, i think i came into it with a bit of a different mindset i think i came into especially my first summer on staff with more of an exterior pressure and an exterior expectation to hook up with somebody i was coming with um you know personal relationships and other things on my mind but like being at home involved in like extracurricular activities with groups of teenagers our bodies were telling us that like this is the time to hook up and go do your thing and go fulfill your biological purpose like and i i know horrible words but but it's true like that's what that's what was going on and so coming to camp where the options were now larger there were they were much more numerous like that expectation carried with me and throughout the summer you know my my friends were hooking up with people um, my co-counselors were involved with other people starting relationships um and I was like well like everyone else is doing it I want to do it too and not that it was like super easy then for me to be like I'm gonna go hook up with somebody like that wasn't what happened but it was a feeling of like oh well I should do this because everybody else is doing it in the same space that I am and so that was that was tough that was like I just maybe and maybe it was the people I was surrounding myself with maybe it was a lot of the pressure from kind of those non-camp activities that I was involved in that led me to those thoughts but I definitely felt a pressure or an expectation to be involved with that kind of to be involved with the the hookup culture that I think, summer especially I think I felt that as well and in terms of like I remember there were nights where like all of my friends would go see the various people that they were with and I was like okay I will walk around alone I don't know <laughs> I'll go to bed early like go to the staff activity by myself so I oh, do yeah, remember they're sure. very like there were a few moments of like, hmm, this is socially an interesting situation that, I, that I've been put in. I think, I agree, Sophie. I think that that's an interesting way for me to now remember, like in the middle of the summer, like when people were kind of comfortable in whatever situation they were in, like if you didn't have already an established thing of like somebody you were hooking up with or a group of friends that you hung out with every night or whatever, like, if all of your friends are out hooking up and you're kind of left alone like what kind of thoughts does that lead to of like am I you know nobody wants me but also like why should I feel like I must go do this to, like be all to be like my friends and is that really important and is that is that necessary like why is there this pressure I mean it's all it's it's tough it's a tough subject it's a tough thing to dissect and it can be tough to be like you know, I'm like 19 walking around camp by myself. I'm a, like, I'm an adult. I shouldn't feel, well, there's no shouldn't feel, but I, you know, I feel like I should be able to hang out with my friends, but everyone's off doing their own thing. 
they were definitely nice when I contemplated all of that walking around by myself, which is a little bit depressing in hindsight. But hey, <laughs> no, I was I was right there with you, Sophie. Um, there were there were definitely nights where everyone else was off doing things, and even if that wasn't the actual case, there would have been there might have been like people already hanging out in another place, and like I got out of my bunk late because they were being crazy, and then I would like come outside and there'd be like no one, and I'd be like well yeah yeah <laughs> what do I do now <laughs> yeah. guess I'll go to sleep <laughs> yeah, like whether or not people are actually all hooking up with each other and I'm just sitting by myself doesn't matter if that's true or not but like walking that feeling of walking out and being like all right I'm gonna go back inside and go to bed early <laughs> Sophie and I have over the years kind of figured that we are similar counselors I mean we touched on it earlier when we all kind of agreed that we're rule following law-abiding citizens um and like Sophie and I being friends and we counselor kind of similarly do you feel because you also were on staff with many of your friends throughout the years do you feel that you guys were similar in the way that you were counselors do you feel like maybe there were things that were different were there things that you guys fundamentally disagreed on or did you guys find yourself kind of being products of the same thing and maybe the same counselors of your own, did you feel that you were counseling in a similar way? It's a very interesting question. From my experience, the people who I was great friends with, who we went on to um, be on staff together. Yeah, like we all had similar experiences growing up. So we kind of had a small foundation of similarity. To me, the majority of being a counselor is about your personality and bringing in your personality. Um, and so I don't think we are very similar at all. Um, like the ones who were already more type A and that part of their personality was, our, it was exacerbated. Uh, and for those who were, you know, had a, a other um, standout traits, I think that kind of like, you know, made the ones who like to sing would be Shiraz staff and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I know there's a there's a big love for Shiraz staff on this podcast. We love Shiraz. We love Shira. Um, but no, I, I think that I think that we were all very different counselors for better or worse. I even worked with some of my best friends. Like we had a tent together or a bunk together. Um, and that just didn't work out. We love each other, but being that close like that that wasn't necessarily the most healthy thing i think sophie and i can agree like we love each other so deeply but like as we got older we were like we could never yeah they probably shouldn't it would never work (laughs) well sam thank you so much for coming on our podcast it means a lot to us you're our first guest thank you so much for having me of course it's a shekhianu moment shekhianu moment (laughs) i'm very excited to be the first guest on here well, thank you for coming. We have one final question that we have just decided that we're going to ask all of our guests. Do you yes. have a favorite or most memorable Teule fail? So like an overnight disaster or something that went wrong? Yeah, uh, I do. So when we were on the uh, first year of the Kohavim overnight, so have and you, I think you've talked about how that overnight works on this. Yeah, I think we have. Yeah, I think yes. you have. Um, and so I was on the hiking group for it. 
uh, and hiking group was fun. We had our own campsite and we just all day just like hiked. And then, but they were all loops back to the same campsite. Good times. But when we got there the first night, there were, it all looked good. We sat out all of our stuff. And as soon as the sun went down, there were tarantulas. <gasps> no! So all the kids were freaking out and standing on all the tables. And the, I forget who got the idea of taking one of like the sticks and burning the end of it. <laughs> and I, them. I can't handle this. <laughs> I wish we, I wish no! we would like send out a video because me and Adina have our hands up like in shock. Wait, sorry. Continue. No. <laughs> this will be a good uh, Instagram teaser. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I'm pretty sure there are photos somewhere of this night uh, because I know I took pictures earlier in the night of just everyone who was there. So. If you were on that teal with me and you're listening to this podcast, DM the, the podcast with those pictures. Um, but yeah, they, it, was, it was crazy. They eventually went away. They got scared. We, we were trying to stab them all with sticks. Not sure how any of us slept that night, but <laughs> hey, we got through have, it. No, no one was bitten. We didn't have to change campsites. Life went on. I would have demanded to go home. <laughs> Not back to camp, home. Like I probably would have cried. I, I oh, ho, I can't even. And now I'm I picturing like that. people standing up on a little wooden table and like hun, like okay, where they're like like Lord of the Flies, like, like two thousand tarantula. like, tarantulas, no, heads on spikes. It, there like, were probably somewhere. There were probably somewhere between like three and ten, but that's like that's, a lot of tarantulas. That's, that's three and ten too many. Oh, I am. I am unwell. I'm unwell. And you know, it's like it's like dark, and the only light you have is really that the fire pit that was already going, and so like everything felt a little bit more scary at that point. Oh my! I can't, oh. I would not have. I I don't. I'm gonna throw I would up. I stayed I'm up like on Shiraz all night, being like, I have to be awake. I need to know where they are. <laughs> I slept in the van. I was sleeping in the van at that point. Oh, oh my god! And what if one got in your sleeping bag? Stop! 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 It's not. Stop it. I yeah, can't. bugs are like the thing. Oh my god. I don't know. I always say like I was like, okay, I'm all right at being a counselor, but bugs are the thing that I can't do. Like I can't I can't get rid of them if they're in the tent. I can't do bugs. Tarantula like that exceeds bugs. Like there's like moths whatever. <laughs> Tarantula is a step above bug in the level of things I can't handle. That's disgusting. I'm so sorry that happened and thank you for sharing yeah i was just talking to someone the other week about how much i don't like tarantulas so this has really been a theme of my life for the past few weeks oh my god well thank you for sharing for sharing thank you <laughs> i hope i didn't give anyone nightmares oh my god. no no nightmares just bad daydreams now <laughs> oh my god pig in my <laughs> stomach oh my god i'm so all right Thank you, really. Thank you for coming and sharing um, your perspective and sharing your time and your thoughts with, with us and the CampCast community. Um, it, it means a lot. It means a lot to us and it means a lot to our listeners. So we're really, really grateful. Wow. Yeah. S- such, such fun. Yeah. And so I mean, important. That was great. Yeah, there were so many things that he said that I was really glad that he talked about 
I love talking about hookup culture. Um, I think that was fascinating. Also, the tarantulas really. Uh, oh my god! Like I, my heart was pounding, and it still is pounding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. Oh my god, I can't even imagine. I, yeah, I. <laughs> okay. I don't. I don't want to continue to think about. It. <laughs> Hard stop. Moving on. Yeah. Um, something that Sophie and I have been thinking about, kind of in this large topic of gender is gender non-conforming campers um and staff members and staff members thank you and how do we make space for those kinds of people at camp yeah and it's such a we actually did get a couple people message us on instagram about that um i think before we start we should preface neither of us are an authority figure at camp so like nope. we don't have we have no real power in the, like we don't have decision making ability in this and we never did um so we do have power to use our voices and to affect as much change as we can but ultimately it does ultimately it does not come down to us no it doesn't and i think but i think also like like you just said like we all we all have our thoughts and i think that we should share them um yeah and that's, that's why of, we made the podcast right and i and i've been thinking about this this question of um how much of camp is structured around the gender binary and I've sort of been thinking about it in in two separate places one in like structural administrative changes that have been made and can can continue to be made what sure sure yeah um and the second thing is like things that we can do and things that we have been doing to like just as individuals where it's like you don't have to necessarily quote ask for permission to do some of these things and that's how I've tried to sort of in separating it in my head because there are two sides and and you know and I think it's important to sort of differentiate the two and I think the big thing that most people are probably thinking about is the like all gender bathrooms that sort of came up at camp over the past I don't know how few years there's bathrooms that are like single stall um around camp that you know always should have been all gender bathrooms but now are labeled as such um and i think it's possible and necessary to have those kinds of things while also recognizing the importance of gendered spaces um i think there's a a balance to be made between the two um and i think that like one i think on a personal level if it's a single stall bathroom it does not matter who is in there because it is one person yeah um yeah and i don't i don't know how that change came about per se but i appreciate it for sure um yeah i think that's you know that's a topic that is so hot right now in the world um you know it has been i think for a few years is like the bathroom discussion and i think that that's such a good place and a good step that camp has taken to to make camp a more equitable place yeah and i will will say like on oh sorry go ahead no i think I think on larger levels, it's tough. Like when we talk about bunks and tents and living spaces, that's when like this conversation just gets so tough. And I get so frustrated because I want to create all the solutions for everybody. And and all I can think of is the bathroom. There are Jewish summer camps that have specific living places for people who are gender nonconforming. I think that's great. But you also want to be careful not to single, you know, yeah. Not to single anyone out and make that the only part of their identity and the only thing that they're that other people see when they see them, right? Like, yeah. And sure, it is a very important part of people's identity. And like, 
you don't want to tokenize like you never want to tokenize someone yeah. or anything it's like even like we probably know being the only jew in a specific space like you don't want to be yeah. the, the one person who is quote different so i think there's pros and cons to that and i don't know if that kind of change will ever happen i don't you know i can't i really can't speak on that that level it's so complicated because mm-hmm. there's there's like literally a million factors that can go into that yeah. but it there i know that there are camps that have that yeah but i don't i don't know how big they are i don't know if they're like yeah the level of like religiousness they operate under um yeah i don't know yeah i don't know it's a it's a big question and the other thing the other thing though that i think camp has been doing well is like talking to people on an individual level like if you're someone who might be gender non-conforming or trans or whatever i think can't like the like you you'll chat with them about like where do you feel most comfortable living where where do you feel how do you well you know how 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 can we have you and make you feel as comfortable as possible and as loved and accepted as possible and look it might not be perfect it's definitely not perfect but yeah you know this never came up ever yeah when we were kids yeah it's it's a more recent thing Mm -hmm. as the world becomes more accepting and and people just become more in the know about what's going on in the world. Um, I mean, it's always a priority at camp to make it accessible and, and a happy place for everybody. Side note, if you're ever in a place that doesn't make you happy, leave. If you're with people who don't make you happy, leave. And I think camp is trying to absolutely do the opposite of that and make everybody truly happy and make everybody feel comfortable. And by working with individuals, I think it, it creates a good step in the right direction for the larger, um, the larger group to be accepting and to be available. Right. And none of these are ever going to be permanent solutions, but like you said, a step in the right direction. Yeah. Um, yeah. And those are like the big structural things that I thought of, of like the things that like I, as an individual cannot necessarily impact in a meaningful way other than expressing my opinion. Um, but there are things that like definitely can be done. I know that I don't know exactly who came up with this, but I heard instead of saying like the girls Shatach and the boys Shatach, you could say Shatach Tzafon. I think Tzafon means north and it refers to the girls Shatach because it's north facing question mark, right? So Shatach. It's it's on the northern part. It's 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 northern. So the Shatach. Right. Shatach Tzafon and Shatach Darom instead of saying girls and boys you know like that's something that you can just do on an individual level that gets rid of gendered language completely yeah and like you know I don't know if I mentioned this last time but like I would say like if you live with me come over here if if something had to be gender separated if you live with me or if you live with David or whatever I don't know (laughs) I I feel like that's a Jewish guy's name if you live with Avraham go over there you live with Avraham (laughs) or if you live with you know, Malki, go over there. Bracha, yeah. Um, Avram and Mal- Malki, they've been married for 50 years. Um, sorry. <laughs> I recently watched Fiddler on the Roof. So did I. I love Fiddler on the Roof. I love Fiddler on the Roof. I know you do. So much. 
anyway, <laughs> there's a, there's like so, there's plenty of there's plenty of ways to get rid of gendered language and to just be yeah. more inclusive in the things that y- you as an individual are saying. Yeah. We did talk about this last time of calling someone up to the Torah and saying bait, meaning like house instead of like son or daughter. Um, there are certain yeah. songs that we might sing that are split up by gender, and instead of doing that, you could do top bunk or bottom bunk. Like, there's so many ways to split right. people up or to group people that doesn't have to be by gender um yeah and you know there's ways to use language that is so much more inclusive and sometimes it takes a conscious effort but it's I think it's worth it in the end right like at camp there are some things that are binary in the world there are some things that are binary if at camp if you sleep on a top bunk or a bottom bunk those are your options as a camper except for the occasional cot but that's right the the cot for the, the there's there's too right, many there's kids too many, and there's too many kids such a blessing um but gender is not one of those things right it is not one of those binary things we did get some questions about queerness and sexual expression and identity at camp um and i think i can talk about this from my own perspective i want to preface it as such of like this is my experience this is what worked for me this is how i chose to go about doing this and i'm not saying it's 100% the right way, but um, I do think that it was successful. Um, and it also sort of like has to do with helping make camp more inclusive because what happened was I wanted to come out to my campers because I knew that a lot of them might have been questioning their sexuality like I did when I was their age. And I I wanted them to see that they could be, you know, in the, sa- in the same way of like wearing Shabbos pants of like, I want people to see that you can be a Jewish person and be a bunch of other things as well. And you can still, you know, be gay or question your sexuality or your gender and still be able to be an active member of this community. Um, so it, that's that was my thought process. And what I ended up doing, which might have been frustrating, but I think was really 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 beneficial in the end was I talked to camp leadership about it and instead of just doing it on my own which I really wanted to do I spoke with the parent liaison and I spoke with the head of camper care and I spoke with the director and I spoke with my unit leader and made sure that whatever I said was developmentally appropriate and like made sense in context and like while I might have disagreed with that at the time um, I think that it ended up being super successful because I know that camp had my back because their thought was what if a camper goes home tells their parents and their parents aren't super accepting like what if they say oh my counselor came out to us she said she was gay and their parents are like a gay counselor ew (laughs) and calls camp which might happen and I think that it is much more beneficial to know that camp has my back and if a parent calls and says I heard that this happened camp can say yeah you're welcome like yeah it happened and we support it and we're there and we're behind it um I think that was something that I did that I'm particularly proud of and I think was was ultimately successful and you know I think for me at least it starts a broader conversation of like how can you just be yourself and also like show like show people that there are ways to be that might not be initially what they thought or might be something that they're questioning that they're really scared of um and i think yeah i think that went well for me at least i think also tying this into what we were talking about before a little bit with sam was like 
hookup culture and like as a camper I you know people around me were hooking up with people or were like thinking about it and talking about it and for me at least as a kid I like wasn't sure what was going on really with myself and I felt so uncomfortable talking about anything related to anything like anything related to sexuality anything related to like hooking up or, or like having a crush on someone like that was so uncomfortable for me to talk about and I think that is one of the reasons why I was so motivated to come out to my campers was just so that like if someone else was feeling uncomfortable they could see that like they're not alone in that um and then even as even on staff like we spoke a little bit about like you know what happens when all your friends are like with someone and you're kind of like there and it at least for me was really reassuring to hear Sam also say that because I thought that like I thought that this was happening to me because there were very few other gay people that were out like I thought it was a very unique situation to me which is such a you know and that's how people think like you think you know it's about you and and it, and it was a little bit I think but also like it was comforting to hear that that was a more of a universal scenario and not just like a well there's like I don't know how many other out gay women at camp you know how am I supposed to find them how am I supposed to find people if they're not out and that's not you know that's not to say you have to come out you can come out whenever you feel you're ready um but also like in the same way of like this was my opportunity I was like there's got to be someone else here that I can relate to. There's got to be someone else here that that gets it. Um, and that was challenging more so on staff than it was than it was as a camper. Because at least as a camper, it was just like, this isn't going to happen for me. I'm just going to feel a little uncomfortable um, and, and a little scared. But like on staff, I was like, everyone knows. And now I'm by myself. Um, so I think that was that was a lot more challenging for me in that in that respect. And then it also, at least for me, ties into to gender expression like I you know I talked about last time like clothing and I don't think that necessarily has to do per se with me being gay but I think gender and sexuality might be tied in some way and and I think for me those all played a role not only was I closeted and like unable to express myself in that way but also I didn't feel comfortable in dresses and also you know it was like a whole it felt like a much bigger deal than I think it was but when you're 12, 13, 14, that stuff's a really big deal. And it's on, it's on a lot of people's minds and I don't think people talk about it. So I really appreciated this question being asked uh, to us. And I think it's a, it's a much larger conversation. Um, but I also think like, if you are yourself, people will look up to you because they want to see themselves re represented in you. And they will, if you're honest. A really interesting question that we had, um was about the idea of God being a man. Oh boy, yeah. And the male God complex and how in like traditional liturgy, God is always, his pronoun is always he, him, his. Um, that's, I mean, hundreds that's and thousands of years it's that's just kind of what it's been if you look back in like the original stuff and you really go back like there's no real pronoun but because hebrew is so gendered like it's been assigned to a man but it's really this question of like how we feel about god being a man and the male god complex at camp was just yeah it's such an awesome so fascinating such an awesome question and like yeah. one we don't like 
I don't like this is my thing I'm like ask a rabbi like we don't know we don't know anything but also like whoa what it's such a unique question and something that I don't think I think about as much as some of the other things that we've talked about yeah Um, I think you know for me in like in terms of like liturgy I'll just read what's on the paper and it doesn't always bother me per se yeah but if I'm talking about God I would like to talk and use and like God is God's pronoun, like God's self, like, you know what I mean? And as uncomfortable as that might be, maybe grammatically or just to say out loud, that's what it is. Right. Yeah. That's what it is to me. Like in the, like, I will read from the Torah and it's not going to bother me because that's just what's there. And, you know, the liturgy is what's there. And, and, and we've already talked about, um, you know, including the women in, when we talk about forefathers, which I am very much for. And I think with God, it's so challenging and such a such a good question um of like for me if I'm talking about God God's pronouns are God so yeah but if I'm reading from the liturgy I'll just read from the liturgy that's that's how I feel about it right now subject to change yeah I think I agree with you I think in any kind of conversation I've had about God I'm always like well when God did this and then if I catch myself saying like he or she I'll be like or whatever because I really think and something I think that stems from my like upbringing in the Jewish community and the conservative Jewish community, and especially at camp is like, God is really whatever you want it to be. Like it can be an old guy in the sky with a white beard. It can be a cloud. It can be a smile. It can be like, there are so many different interpretations of what right. God is. And like, Right. God can be your relationships with, right. God can be your relationships with other people. Like it doesn't, like God doesn't have to be a being which is a yeah we could that's a whole like book like you know what I mean that's not even a podcast that's like a lecture series you know what I mean right Um, right but it is I mean I think I think at camp from what I've seen and from what I remember as a camper and what I remember doing as on staff is that I always tried to do my best to make it like whatever you wanted it to be right and I I hope people will still will still do that yeah, I think so. I think and I think it does open up broader conversations of like, can we get everyone on board into into when we speak about God from our own perspective using yeah. like not using gendered language at all? I think so. Like, I think that's I one think of the so, things yeah. we can do as individuals that doesn't have to be necessarily a structural big change. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think the Torah is going to change. I think that's a nice. fixed document at this point. But but also like that does not mean by any sense of the of the word that we have to not that we have to talk about it the same way it's written um right right interpretation will always change i mean that's why we have the talmud and why people study the talmud every year and like there there is no clear way of thinking about it there's only the way you interpret it yourself yeah i think i don't know we're not rabbis <laughs> Yeah, our our knowledge and authority on this is minimal, but minimal. Uh, but such a great question and something that's yeah. so fascinating and yeah. challenging in the best way to think about, I think. And something yeah. that I would not have thought of on my own necessarily. No, I don't think I ever would have been and... like Yeah, I never would have been like, "Hmm, I think of God as a man. Let's talk about it." Like it's Right. It, it's a, it's an interesting conversation. Yeah. So um, thank you for asking. Yes. Fabulous question. Wow. I, this was so much fun. This was, I loved that we like went 
we just decided we had more to say about something and then we did it. Hashtag be your own boss. It's great. (laughs) Yeah. It was like, it was definitely a refreshing conversation in a way of like, I think we both, first of all, really like talking about this stuff, but also like, I'm so glad that you guys had thoughts about it and shared them with us. And we really, we really, really love the, the feedback and the, the questions. So I'm so glad we had more to say. And I think this episode is great. I, I had a great time. Same here. Such a blast. Yeah. Again, massive thank you to Sam for coming on and being a part of this week's episode. Um, we're hoping to have more guests in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're really excited to to bring in some more people to expand the Campcast family, as we say, um, and to just have more people share their stories and their lives with absolutely. us and with all of you. Be sure to follow us on Instagram if you don't already um, and check out our website. You can submit voice recordings there if you want to tell a story that you have um we'd love to hear from you so stay in contact let us know happy new year again happy new year shanatova as the jews say um stay safe stay happy stay healthy and we'll see you guys next time bye bye yes cut it (laughs) slice it produce it done